Hello, everyone. This is Deborah Brown Volkman, your podcast for, for Wisdom Comes with Wrinkles. I want to thank you very much for being here today. I want to tell you a little bit about the podcast. Getting older in the workplace is not something to be feared. It is something to be celebrated. You have battle scars. You have wounds. You have something to give back to contribute. And that is the premise of this podcast where guests come on and they share lessons learned, a little bit of their wrinkles to pay it forward to the next generation. Um, before I introduce our guests, I always do a logistical thing. Um, for those of you who can see the podcast, I have a yellow pad. I like to make notes when, when guests are speaking. I like to capture things in the moment. So if you are watching this podcast and you see me looking down, it's because I am looking down. Uh, and if you're listening to it, then you know, it, it really, it won't be an issue, but you will see it in the notes. When I write things up, I like to write what, uh, I like to write what the guests give me, but I also like to write what I capture in the moment. So today's guest is Gramps Jeffrey. He's such a great man. Oh my God. I'm so, I'm so excited for you to meet him. He is the co-founder of uh, babyboomer.org. Uh, what an amazing website, lots of time and energy and resources has gone into this website to build it up. It is very impressive, babyboomer.org. I highly suggest that you go see it. And he's the author of I Don't Want to Turn Three. So Gramps, welcome. Oh, thanks so much for inviting me. I'm glad to be here. I'm so happy you're here. So I want to start with your mission, right? Your mission is to have grandparents spend more time with their grandkids. So tell us about that. Well, in today's generation, this is going to be the greatest generation this country has ever produced. I'm thoroughly convinced these kids are one to 10 years old. I mean, the reason being, as soon as they come out of the womb, they're on the Internet. You know, they've got all this electronic information they're doing. They've got cell phones. They're, 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 they learn this. Sure, I didn't get on the Internet until I was 40 years old. So <laughs> it's a whole new generation coming up here. So we have got to make sure that we as a generation, grandparents, parents, are able to offset all this great information that they're learning on the internet with real life experiences. And that's why grandparents have to get more involved in their kids. They've got to teach them the basics of what they need to know. To, so the, everything they're learning from the internet, it can be a compliment. And as they grow up into the, uh, to the workforce, that they know how to relate to people. They know how to communicate with people beyond just being in front of a computer. Yeah. So, you know, it, you know, my son, my son is 15. He is sitting next to a friend of his. They're not talking to one another. They're, they're texting one another, you know, for them, it's completely normal. You know, this whole thing about hybrid and working from home and remote is not a problem for them because they have such strong technology skills, but really, you know, what you're saying, and, and I, I absolutely positively have the same opinion. What's missing is the relationship is, is the empathy. So what do you think is going to happen to this generation when they grow up and then they, they go into the workplace? Oh, they're still going to be the greatest generation. So mm -hmm. you got to ask yourself, what can we do to offset and enhance what they're learning? Well, the first thing that we should do as parents and grandparents is we've got to get these kids into reading books. Yeah. So they can touch these books and learn these books. You know, when you think about it, and I just picture myself as a grandparent, and I've got six grandkids, but, you know, you, you, you pull out a book, you got a little kid, two, three, four years old, sitting on your lap, and you've got 20 minutes together. Yeah. And so, you know, there's all kinds of benefits when you're reading and learning a book. The first thing, the, the, the first benefit, it creates a bonding. 
you know, it's just a nice way for you as a parent or grandparent to spend 20 minutes of uninterrupted time with your child. Another thing that it does, it, it supports and creates listening skills. Now, nice. you and I both know that as we grow older, listening skills are the best skills that we can develop. I mean, you need listening skills as a podcaster. You've got to listen to the people you're talking to so that you can communicate with them. I have to learn listening skills as we're building our site of babyboomer.org. Uh, what, are, what do baby boomers need? What do they want? I have to listen to our customers for that. When you think about it, this time of sitting on your lap just helps build the, uh, it requires them to listen and it teaches them to listen. And, you know, as the young kids get into the workforce, listening is the best skill. You know, it's great to be able to to, to, to to run a computer, but you've got to listen to what is needed by your customers, by your boss, by your, um, you know, your company. And those skills can be taught by parents and grandparents right when they're two and three, four years old, by teaching them how to learn how to read books and read and listen to books. You know, another reason we all have to sit down and, and, and teach these kids to read books is it creates cognitive and language development. There's plenty of these words in these books that the, the kids don't understand. It gives you a chance to explain them. There's plenty of words in these books. I don't know. I got to go look them up. But, uh, you know, it's just a chance for you to do that. Uh, yeah, and another reason is it helps with attention span. You know, when you're two, three, four years old, you're bouncing off the wall. Uh, but it gives you a chance for key concentration, self-discipline. So if we can in, uh, get those kinds of traits into these kids young, and let that complement what they're learning from the internet, they are going to be growing up to be just really productive adults. Yeah, I like what you said. You said complement, right? So it's not one or the other. Um, but you also said listening skills. So, you know, if I had a conversation with my son um, and he would say, I, I listen fine. I listen to videos all the time. So he is listening, but is there something missing? Is it because it's a one-sided listening? So he is listening. So is there something missing in, in that? Well, going back to the thought that it's, it's necessary to teach our children how to think, not what to think, but we need to teach these kids how to think. Yes. Reading books does that because before you even read the book, you want to sit down and say to your child, what do you think is going to happen in this book? Let them start thinking about that. When you're in the middle of reading the book, kind of ask the kids, who are the characters in this book? You know, where is the setting? That gives them a chance to interact and start thinking and, and asking questions. You know, does anything in this book sound familiar to you? Is it a fantasy? Is it something that happens in real life? Let them keep thinking. And then, you know, what we should do at the end of the reading the book, much like you should be doing at dinner time when you ask your kids, how was a day? What did you do? You know, who was the, what was the favorite part of your book on this? Why is it your favorite part? Again, that teaching them to think using the book and the real life experiences is really building upon all this other great stuff that they're learning. Yeah, this is great. So basically, so your lesson for this podcast is teach kids how to think on their own, right? And you wrote this book, um, you, you wrote this book so people could, um, you know, so it's not so one-sided. Like as you're speaking, like what I'm thinking is, well, yeah, well, they listen and yeah, they, yeah, they're, they're taking things in, but there's no collaboration. There's no back and forth. There's no, there's no thinking. It's like they take it in and then they either agree with it or they don't agree with it, but there's no pushback. I mean, my son likes to read the comments on social media, but he's not really forming his own opinion. He's going, sometimes he's just going with the crowd. 
Yes, that's why, again, we as older adults, you know, what happens, you, you talk about, you know, wisdom comes with wrinkles. Well, what really happens is, you know, we, decade after decade, as we grow older, we make more mistakes. And that's how we learn. That's why we're smarter than we were when we were 20 years old. Yeah, from our mistakes, yeah. We're just making a lot more mistakes. And so <laughs> those are the kinds of wisdom that, that we need to inhale in these younger kids is learn from our mistakes. Yeah, we've done it. You know, this is what we did. Let's let's communicate so you don't have to go through the same thing. Yes. Uh, and so that's all part of the teaching process. All right. But they're afraid. I think they're afraid to make mistakes. I remember when I was young, I was afraid to make mistakes. But, you know, there was more pressure. You know, like they walk into a classroom and everybody sees them. They're on display, you know, versus us, you know, we're older. If we make a mistake, we can learn from it. We're testing. We, we can pick our, ourselves back up. Well, you know, it, it, it goes back to what is really the role of a parent? You know, obviously the parent is there to uh, to, to, to take care of them and, uh, you know, get make sure they have food and make sure they're protected and so forth. But one of the things a parent has to do is teach their kids all these traits. I mean, they, they need to teach them honesty. Uh, you need to teach them responsibility. You need to teach them kindness. Uh, parents need to teach them respect. They need to teach these kids how to do positive thinking, you know, it's so easy to be negative, teach them how to be positive, you know, they got to teach them how to be creative, you know, they got to teach them how the healthy way to eat, how we should go out and exercise, stay in shape. Um, but they must also teach these kids that success can be learned from failure. It's okay to fail. Yes. You know? And, but the most important thing that parents and obviously grandparents need to teach them is how do you have fun? You know, you got all this stuff going on. How do you have fun? Is it going outside and playing soccer? Is it the past, you know, throwing a ball around? Or what is it just having fun outside of the computer? And that really is one of our main roles. So that when they grow up and be adults and in the workplace, that they know how to have fun too. That's right. All right. So I want to go back to your mission, which is to have grandparents spend more time with their kids. So why you could have chosen any mission in the world, but you chose this one. So why is this so important to you? Well, right now, 30% of grandparents, and I'm looking at baby boomers a little before and a little after too, they are considered remote which means they're not really involved in their grandkids' lives. Okay. Uh, and when you think about it, that's one out of every three of us. You know, that, that's kind of scary. You know, the baby boomers say, hey, I raised some great kids. They're going to take care of the grandkids. I taught them. They'll, they'll, they'll pass it on. Well, but they're not involved. And we've got to get these grandparents involved. Now, a lot of this is caused by them. You know, the grandparents can cause the friction between their kids and them. You know, they, they, they may not have approved of the spouse their child married. Okay, that causes tension. They might not approve of how their child is raising their kids. That causes tension, mm -hmm. you know. And, and so, you know, they, 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 they may show up at their kid's house unannounced. That causes tension. So a lot of this is caused by us grandparents not thinking about what we should be doing. You know, undermining the parents' authority. You know, the parents teaching their children, grandparents, kind of step away, let the kids do that. You know, we we tend to play favorite grand. I got six grandkids, you know, and then you get to tend to play favorite. Which one's your favorite? Well, I have a favorite, but I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell them because once you do that, you cause friction in your That's family. That's right. That's you right. Know? So you got that. You know, we as older people may have a little 
lack of empathy that don't understand how these kids uh, are supposed to have emotional growth. That causes problems. So, you know, there's all kinds of things that we have done as grandparents that is causing the 30% of us not to be allowed or be involved with our kids. Yeah, and lockdown didn't help. That didn't help because it it, it, it segwayed, you know, it really separated, you know, all of the generations. People, people spend time with themselves. And I think some of those relationships were hurt because of it. Well, in my particular case, it helped my relationships, you know, and, and how that happened with us is, again, you know, my book is, uh, I don't want to turn three. Okay. And it's a true story based on my six grandkids. I had them all here for six weeks because of the pandemic. Uh, and two of them live in Orlando, two live in Austin, and two live here with us in Scottsdale. So, but we had a chance to, to really observe them. And this was a true story. I wrote this because it really did happen. Uh, how these kids interacted and how they didn't share and how they ended up in the end giving everything to uh, to, to to homeless kids in, in downtown. But but the it was, uh, you know, when you take a look at the book, all the pictures and the book of pictures I took, I just sent it to an illustrator to make it more look cartoonish. But these kids happen. So we four of them went back you know they went back to their homes after a while and they said we as grandparents said how are we gonna keep in contact you know because you know they're gone out of sight out of mind little kids don't call you you got to call them it's so just- what we did and i'll use this as an example and i'm sure that your listeners may come up with all kinds of other ways that they can keep in contact but we found out that these little two three four five six and seven year olds they all love dinosaurs for some reason, these kids can name all the dinosaurs, big, long names, these three-year-olds. Uh, they can tell you if they eat meat, who their friends are. You know, I know dinosaurs are small, medium, and large. And so when I saw them, when they went to the playground with other kids, they all talk dinosaurs. It's like the little language of kids. Once they start talking dinosaurs, they're all friends. So we have six dinosaurs we had around the house. And we decided that once the kids went home, that we were going to have the dinosaurs do something different every night. So one night, the six dinosaurs were in the refrigerator eating blueberries. Another night, they were at the sink with grandma washing dishes and they had soap on their nose. Another night, they were playing the piano. Another night, they were walking up the steps. So we, we had 50 different nights inside and outside the house with these dinosaurs were doing. So we then became part of these kids' routine. You know, and that's that's what you have to do is, uh, you know, you got to be part of uh, part of the routine. Their mom and dad would give them their bath. They would read them their book. And then the kids would say, what are the dinosaurs doing tonight? And uh, and say, well, let's call. Let's call. So they would call my wife's iPhone and then we get, uh, you know, on, on FaceTime and they say, where's Gramps? Where's Gramps? What are the dinosaurs doing tonight? So that was our way of staying in the top. So for us, the pandemic kind of brought us closer. Okay. And so it worked out well for us. All right. So I that, that so I so I just want to go back for a moment. So you could have chosen any mission in the world, but you chose this one. So why why this one? Was there something something from your your background, something from your past? Was there something that happened that prompted you to say this is going to be my life's work? It happened when, you know, as we were developing babyboomer.org and we saw that just so many of grandparents were distant from their kids. You know, when I was growing up, my my uncle lived up the street, my grandmother was two blocks away, and it was so easy for us to be together. But in today's world, where you've got kids scattered all over the country, you know, you don't have that anymore. And so we've got to come up with ways that grandparents are more involved in the kids' lives because it just helps them, especially with all the electronic stuff that they're learning now. We've got to make sure that they see that the real life 
adventures help really offset all this other stuff. They enhance it. You know, the, the wisdom we have, the uh, the information we have, we can only help enhance them as they grow older. Mm-hmm. All of us can sit back and have, remember what happened with our grandparents, both good and bad. We have great memories and we may have some bad memories too, but, but those are the things that this generation's baby boomer generation has got to get back involved. And we've got to be the grandparents that our grandparents were to us. I love that. I absolutely positively love that. All right. So tell me why the title of the book, right? I don't want to turn three. So what is, what does the title mean? Well, it it was three years old. It's Jordan. Who's a star. He was celebrating his third birthday and you know he's looking back and he's 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 gonna he sees that he's got to take all this responsibility what's interesting is the oldest cousin who is olivia eight at the time she's nine now she came to me two weeks ago she says i got a great idea for our next book grants i said what is it she says i don't want to turn 10 Hmm. and i said you don't want to turn 10 why don't you want to turn 10 she says well you know I'm going to have to learn how to drive pretty soon. I said, that's seven years away. Why are you worrying about that now? And then she says, you know, I got to start thinking about picking out a college. I said, that's, you know, that's nine years away. Why are you worrying about that now? But when you think about it, all of us are always looking to the past and then looking to the future. Yeah. You know, I don't want to turn 19, 21. I don't want to turn 60. Yes. I don't want to turn 49. You know, there's all kinds of things that are involved where, you know, we're comfortable with where we are now, but who knows about the future? Yeah, so it's, yeah, you know. yeah. Well, it's interesting because we don't want to do it because we think something bad's going to happen. Yeah, it's whether the glass is half full or half empty. Yeah, we don't like uncertainty. Even kids, I don't want to turn three. I don't want to turn three and you can't make me, but... Uh, yeah it happens naturally just like we have wrinkles it happens naturally (laughs) exactly all right so is there is there anything you would like to say before we wrap up you know we're talking about it's the job of parents and grandparents to ask questions because again that is that is uh, that is how we teach our children how to think can you imagine in today's world in this crazy world we live today if every parent and grandparent mm-hmm. asked their child the question, what did you do today that was nice to someone else? Now, first time you ask that question, what did you do today that was nice to someone else? A three-year-old is going to look at you and say, what do you think? I took my I took my cousin's toys. You know, I'm playing with him and he's not. You know, but if you do that every single day, asking children, what did you do today that was nice to someone else? After four or five days, they're going to say, I got to come up with an answer, you know, because they're asking me every day, you know, and then all of a sudden these little kids are opening the door for you. They're helping an old lady across the street. But can you imagine what would happen to our society and in the workplace? Picture this in the workplace, that if we all said to ourselves, what did you do today that was nice to someone else? You know, how that would change where we are today. Yeah, the workplace would be transformed. It really would be transformed. And it is interesting what what you say about the questions, because I can ask my son a question and he, you know, it's good or he doesn't answer it. But if I continually ask the question, he knows that it's coming and he'll have an answer for me. Exactly. Yeah, he knows. All right. All right. So um, tell us, tell us how we can reach you. How can our listeners reach you and find the book? Because it's just such a cool title. 
Yeah, you can go on to Amazon or Barnes and Noble, about a hundred other sites, or come to uh, babyboomer.org. You can find it there, or my site, Gramps Jeffrey at uh, you know, .com, or I don't want to turn three uh, So there's lots of places to find the book, uh, or reach out to me. I'd still like to continue this conversation with any of your listeners. Uh, it's Gramps Jeffrey at gmail.com. I'd be glad to keep talking about this. Yes, I think you can talk about it. For forever, but in a good way. And I think more people need to listen. You you are doing great work in the world. No, oh, thank you so much. Yeah, you really are. I love it. All right. So um, I just want to thank you very much for being on the podcast. And I want to thank our listeners. I want to thank you very much for taking the time to spend time with us today. Um, my name is Deborah Brown Volkman. I am the podcast host, podcast host of Wisdom Comes with Wrinkles, and we will see you next time.